and welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 63 of season three of This Osteopathic Life. This is the final episode of season three. We are a day away from the launch of season four, and I say that with a day and an hour remaining in this third season. As you may recall, the birthday of This Osteopathic Life is the 1st of February. It shares a birthday with me, and actually on the season four opening day this year, we're going to have a special birthday episode of conversation with a birthday buddy. And it should be acknowledged as well that the intro music for season three, that change in season three was also written by a birthday buddy. So lots of amazing synergy around that first of February launch date. I'm here today for this 63rd episode and final episode of this season to talk about time and particularly to talk about the way time has moved or not moved, depending on your perspective, in this month of January. It's such an interesting experience to have this additional month in the year, in the season of this osteopathic life, being that opening month of the traditional calendar year. And it has gone so slowly and also felt like five months, maybe more, have been lived during this time. And January is always an interesting experience. We have the task of learning to write the new year on the date, on paper, on payments, whatever ways you're putting it down. And I feel like I've just come to that space where I am finally ready to put the new year down consistently. And we're already in that second month of the year. And at the same time, it feels like it could be 2024 by now. A couple different things that have come up for me is thinking back to the start of the pandemic, the emergence of COVID-19, and remembering those projections that we would be in this until well into 2022, and that seeming so unlikely. I remember making those decisions at the start of the pandemic and thinking one week at a time, we closed our clinic and thought, okay, in a week and two weeks, we'll reevaluate and reopen and it'll all be back to quote unquote normal. And here we are. Right. And how long ago that seems, and also how it seems like it was just yesterday that we were starting this. And again, so many lifetimes have been lived in that duration between, so many lives lost in those months between. So let me tell you a little story about today. Today, I went for a run. Sunday, run day seems to be the theme. I run long generally once a week. And by long, I mean anything over three miles at this point seems long. It's usually a 10K for me. And it's snowy here, so not quite as snowy as it is on the east coast of the United States at this moment in time, and lots of love and warmth and safety to those who are enduring lots of inches of snow and plummeting temperatures, places that aren't used to those temperatures or conditions on the road and don't necessarily have the infrastructure. I send lots of love and light and peace out to you. So it was snowing here, not 
a tremendous amount, but enough to make the roads slippery and to make the run feel like running in sand. A lot of resistance, not a lot of traction, but embracing it. I'm not necessarily going for speed. (laughs) Can't help but hear that song. She's going for distance. She's going for speed. And I went to go around our inland lake. And there's a new part of the path that has been paved, but it wasn't plowed. I didn't know that until I got there. And so I ran that direction first and started to trudge through and thought, okay, I can handle a little bit of slipperiness and slowness, but this was going to be basically just trudging through snow, uphill both ways and 10 feet of snow is how it felt. So I turned around and went back to run the usual way, which becomes an out and back. There's a little turnabout um, in one part of the lake. And in so doing, my usual 10K course became longer. And logically, I knew that because I had run essentially a detour and then turned to run the typical 10K route. But if anyone has the experience of running routes, you need to complete them, right? There's a sense of the pattern and the way in which you traverse those steps. And so even though I had essentially had a two-mile buy-in, I completed that out and about at a much slower pace than normal. I was listening to a book and it was a lovely day. And when you're not necessarily running at top speed, you can generally go for longer. And so all things considered, it was working fine. But at the end of the day, the run ended up being two miles longer and many, many minutes more and coming around to one of my favorite distances of eight miles. And so as I finished that route, and yes, that did mean circling the block a little bit to finally get to that round number of eight miles. And again, all my runner friends out there can understand this experience. I glanced at my watch and saw that this was nearly 20 minutes longer than it would often take me to run eight miles at my, I'll say peak fitness, but also in a typical pace that I might hold. And it felt very appropriate symbolism analogous to the experience of January on the whole, right? So it was much longer, right? Distance-wise, it was much longer. Time-wise, it was much more arduous. There was no traction. A few times I stopped and just looked at the bottom of my shoes and was thinking, how could I not move forward? And there was one moment where there was some clear pavement and there was this reminder of, oh yes, right? When you do have that traction in the grip, you can propel yourself forward faster. And I'm curious for any of you, if it has felt like you are running uphill both ways, in the snow, with no traction, at a much slower pace for a much longer distance than you anticipated. And if you are, and if it has seemed that way, know that at the very least, you are not alone. In whatever stage and space you are in your life, that is kind of what's happening here. We have come through so much chaos, confusion, disorientation, recalibration to our lives, and we have exceeded the length of time that it's generally, humanly, neurologically, psychologically possible to just keep resetting, right? to just say, okay, well, this is the new normal, and now we can cope with that. We are hitting these margins of what is reasonable to expect from ourselves. And so perhaps we can all take this breath on this final day of January, which also happens to be the birthday of my niece, who is turning 13 on the final day of January. And perhaps we can celebrate with her that special moment and that life transition and celebrate that this really long month is culminating in this really special event there. And for all of us to take a collective 
breath and pause and just say, yes, the roads are slippery. It is more arduous. We have been challenged in ways that no one has ever encountered before. And we are making it through and we can reach out for help and for support and that it is possible to carry on. And sometimes it does mean adjusting the pace and allowing for those detours and trusting that we're going to get back to that final destination, that we're going to return home to ourselves and perhaps in an even better, if we'll allow for use of that word, in a clearer, in a more appropriate and true and authentic way. And so I want to share that and I want to reach out and I happened to be on social media this evening and saw a number of posts as we come to the end of this month echoing this sentiment. I saw right the longest month. I saw January seemed to have 100 days. How are we still here? What's going to happen in February? And so I'm with you in all of that. And sometimes just being there together can be helpful to know that no, it's not you, right? That things are shifting and changing and they can feel more exhausting than usual. So I want to just acknowledge that here for a moment. And I want to look at the other ways that pacing comes into play. So as I've shared, I'm a runner, I'm a rower, athletics and exercise are core parts of my experience. And pushing those margins, finding that faster pace is often part of that work. And in recent weeks, we've seen the women's American marathon record and half marathon records be broken. I just saw today a trend, and I apologize, I'm not putting the names of the runners on here. I'll do better research next time. But a gentleman ran every year for 20 years in this mile race, a sub four minute mile. So pushing those margins of pace and seeing that it's possible at all stages of life. I just watched the Australian Open final and to see Rafael Nadal, 18 years into winning Grand Slams, come back from two sets down to win and to become the first man ever to have 21 Grand Slam singles titles and to see his longstanding rival, Roger Federer, acknowledge that and honor that and to see again that there is power in youth and energy to see Ash Barty win the women's title as well at the early stages, not necessarily the beginning. She already has much experience in world number one and already accruing Grand Slam titles, but in an earlier stage of her career and see the power there. And then to see how it can extend, that we can tune into ourselves and take that pacing to trust ourselves to come back from injury, to dig deep when we are down and out in those opening sets and to be humble and gracious winners in those spaces. And so to see that as emblematic of this January as well, that is a long season with lots of moments without traction and messiness. And there's still victory and success to be had. Since we're in a sports analogy space, I watched the, I think AFC, 
championship finals. I'm not sure. NFC, AFC, one of them, (laughs) the one that was remaining. And seeing the 49ers play the Rams and Matthew Stafford, who played for Detroit for so many years. And in his opening season with the Los Angeles Rams, to be able to lead them to the Super Bowl, to see that sometimes something might simply not be the right fit. And if you're not finding success in a certain space, reallocating yourself and finding the right resources. And it doesn't have to be a negative expression on either party. It may just mean that the synergy is not there, that the match is not the best one. And sometimes putting yourself in a new space and location is the right thing. I work with physicians and healthcare professionals all the time. And we talk about the both and experience. So the one thing that we can't always change and control is ourselves and our response to situations. And when we are looking at the need for systemic change, and that is rampant in all arenas, in healthcare, in education, in sports, in all these spaces, there are needs for institutional reform, systemic change, absolutely. I'm all for that. Revolutionary is one of my key and core principles and goals, aspirations, And the way we do that is by beginning and continuing, right? It's not just a start and then stop. It is a start and continue and a start and a start and a start every day on changing ourselves, on how we show up, on how we respond, on how we see our strengths. And then we become much more effective agents of change. And when we do come to those hard stops and those spaces in our lives where the results are absolutely not what we want, not what we expect, not what is sustainable and healthy for us, we take that moment and look and say, what are all the things I can change with me, within me? And then also, what does need to change within this circumstance? And what's interesting is in our programs, we find that When we do this work and when we gain this understanding and insight into what it is we can change for ourselves, most of the participants in the programs stay in medicine. They might make shifts of their time and their allocation and location and different details, but they don't leave the practice of medicine, right? They recognize where they need to make adjustments themselves, where they need to make shifts within the system, but find ways to stay in a way that's more successful and sustainable. And sometimes, yes, there can be departures, For me, I'm stepping into that space. We are coming toward that two-year anniversary of the clinical pause, as I have acknowledged it. It's becoming clearer to me that that will be an indefinitely extended pause, not because there's anything wrong with the practice of medicine, that there was anything wrong with me practicing medicine. I truly enjoy that practice of medicine and that space of having the capacity to care for patients and make differences in patients' lives and to have direct hands-on care and treatment, all of that, yes. And it is not the best space for me and for the use of my time, my talents, my goals, my aspirations, my capacity to serve the greatest good for the health of all things, to honor the mission of this osteopathic life is in a different arena. And that is not a problem with me or clinical medicine, it is simply no longer the appropriate match that honors the best that I have to offer and what clinical medicine deserves in that space. And so being able to step into coaching and 
consultancy, in development of programs, that has always been my zone of genius. Seeing these connections and putting them together, creating programs, putting people into their spaces of strength, that is what makes me feel fulfilled. That is what helps me to see what's possible. And that has the greatest impact. And now for many of my colleagues, clinical medicine is the zone of genius. It is the best space for them and where they have the most amazing impact. And being able to support them in that is also a gift of this shift for me. And this will be something I continue to revisit. I've talked before about the spiral of time, since we're coming back to that theme of the time of life and the way time feels, that we don't necessarily move in a linear pattern and not even necessarily in a circular pattern. We're not coming back to the same place. We will often come back to a place we have been before, but we're either a little closer or a little farther away from the epicenter of it. And we have a new vantage point and we have more information and we've traveled this path in a new way. I think about the yellow brick road, right? It doesn't start in a linear fashion. It's in a spiral, right? And it keeps expanding and it can take Dorothy in all these different directions back around, but a little farther from that original nucleus with a different set of experiences. And so making these decisions requires us to go through these different iterations. The time I've spent in the clinical practice of medicine was absolutely paramount to my development of knowing, of awareness, of skills for this next phase of my work. And so that leads me to believe that this experience of January 2022, because yes, I can finally write those double twos on the dateline, is also a necessary experience And so why has it been so long? And I will admit there was a relief in seeing other people say that because I've had my own personal challenges during this month. And so I assumed that sense of extended duration of these 30 days, right? Feeling like 60 days, 90 days, 100 days, 365 days, if we really want to be honest about it, a whole year could have gone by in this month. And there can be the assumption that it's simply because of how I am, again, choosing to respond to my current circumstances. And that is part of it. And acknowledging that and owning that is a key part of the human experience. And seeing this reflected in so many different people who are going through their own set of circumstances. Yes, we have shared space in the world. We are all experiencing the pandemic, although in very different ways, right? different countries, even different states in the United States, different cities within each state, are having somewhat different experiences with some common core components. But to see that others are having this as well says to me, this is the season. This is the moment we are in. And so if it is happening this way, why? And I've talked to you about the positive intelligence work that I'm doing and taking the sage perspective and seeing the gift. So what is the gift of January taking an eon to make it to the 1st of February, and particularly when the 1st of February is your birthday, and particularly when that birthday is already a rain check birthday for a milestone birthday the year prior that was meant to be held during an event, within an event in Mexico, with music, with a festival, with a collective, in sunshine, and it is not for the second year in a row, right? There can be that anticipatory letdown, And we know 
that the experience is often the most positive in the planning phase. And so I'm going to harness the positive energy of having dreamt of and planned on this experience for more than two years now, essentially, and really intensely in the past six months. And then also being okay with it not coming to fruition and trusting that in the right time, in the right season, that will happen. But seeing that this extended duration, perhaps intensity, and I had a conversation about that word with my colleagues today as well, what intensity can bring up for us. What is the gift of that experience? And the best I can come up with is that it gives us more time for appreciation, for reflection, for confidence and competence in decision-making. And all credit to my coach this month for stepping into a new style of engagement and bringing forward an alliterative component, knowing my love language is there. So thank you for that. Big shout out is that we have more time to make decisions, to reflect on the decisions, to have our own back on the decisions that we're making, and to also see that there will always be this next moment to choose again, to choose differently, to choose the same, to acknowledge what has worked, and to recognize what needs to be adjusted. And so this length of time can also show us our progress. Many times we can't see what is changing when we are noticing it every day. I think about that in our children, right? Their growth can sometimes not be as evident because it's happening every day, although it seems like, particularly for my oldest son, you can definitely see every day (laughs) that another inch has been gained. And it was actually quite fascinating to see he recently met up with a friend he hadn't seen in many months. And I really do think he has grown about six inches in the past two months, which is quite a bit, right? It's a high velocity of growth. And his friend walked up and then took a step back and thought, whoa, what happened? Right? You have like doubled in height since I saw you previously. And though we can all notice this, it becomes more noticeable when there is a longer length of time between seeing someone. Same with our dogs. I have some concerns that the male of the two, we have a brother and a sister littermate set, is going to be like Clifford the Big Red Dog because he seems to keep growing. We've hit where it should be the peak and they're coming up on two years. And yet his head seems to be on the counter now where it wasn't before. And I'm curious how that will continue to go. But in this time of January, seeming much longer than a month, I can also see progress in different ways. It feels like it's giving me a different vantage point to be able to say, look, look at what you have accomplished. Look at what is happening both on that microcosm of the day, being able to acknowledge all the things that happen in the day, and then on the week, within the month, but then also in the longer arc, looking at the arc of my professional career, as I say, reflecting on the clinical space and the expansion through the clinical space into this broader way of practicing medicine. And perhaps this is for my own benefit to say that discontinuing one-on-one in the clinic, in the hospital patient care, does not feel like a departure from medicine. It feels like an arrival and an expansion into medicine the way I always understood, hoped, wanted it to be. Programs and connection and working beyond systems is always what I envisioned. And simply recognizing that that needs to exist outside that traditional paradigm is actually quite liberating. And so in this time, I've been able to see those accomplishments, those gaps, 
the places where skills are waiting to be further developed, to notice successes, to acknowledge obstacles in different ways. And so the gift of this has been, even though, yes, I've checked on the calendar with confirmation, 30 days have passed, I can see in a way that you would often be able to only see after a year or multiple years, what is happening, what progress is being made. And that is an amazing opportunity. Also an amazing opportunity to continue to make shifts and micro adjustments in what needs to be done and not to have to wait months or years to get that feedback. It's happening in real time, even if that real time feels like it's in super slow motion. I also want to look at how the time was spent. And I'll say it has been a pretty effective month. I was speaking with my PQ, my positive intelligence pod group this weekend. We meet every Sunday and it feels a bit like a church experience, right? That it's at 11 a.m., which is often when mass was for me growing up. And we meet and we talk about the work that we're doing and about our own personal lives and check in. And last week, when I went on the call, I often walk the dogs on the call. And thanks to them for tolerating the somewhat moving Zoom call on the harmonica holder that my niece lovingly provided for me. And when I left last week, I left a list for my children and said, these are the things that need to be done and I'll be back in an hour. And we all wagered how that would go. And most were thinking, oh, that's nice, but probably unlikely. And before I returned, I received notice from my oldest son that all tasks were done. Was there anything else? And could they play a game while they were waiting for me to return? And sure enough, I came back and all those things were done. And it was a bit of a miracle in that time. And what I acknowledge is I think leaving was helpful for them to work it out on their own. Having a window of time and not immediacy around it, but a deadline was helpful. So the ways that we can make time be to our advantage. Now, in the 50-50 of life, this week, this Sunday, I did the same thing and wrote it out on the whiteboard, color-coded with all the things, and they didn't get done. So sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And finding what the variables are to make it more likely, and also being okay with things not always going to plan. There are items that can be moved to another day, and we can also acknowledge that sometimes we just need a pause. We need a break. We need to not have to be doing anything. And allowing for that in this month as well. Sometimes in a state of busyness, right? time can go really quickly. You can think, where did the time go? I had so many things to do. And it can also go slowly because you think, I have been doing so much and I am really tired. So giving ourselves space around that can be a gift. So as we look at the arc of time, the spiral of time, the stretched slowness of time, the detours of time, the pacing of time in our lives. How might we step into February? Interestingly, this shortest month, fewer days. And February can often feel long because in many parts of the world, in the Northern Hemisphere, it can be dark and dreary. And it can be that point in the winter season when it has already felt like winter for a really long time. And We can have this false sense of hope that March is going to bring springtime. And we know, at least here in Michigan, March can also bring a whole bunch of snow and a lot of gray days. How do we want to step into February and 
optimize the time that we have? What would you like out of those 28 days? What I love about February is that consistent block, right? Four weeks of these even days. Yes, it is starting on a Tuesday this year, so it's not quite as neat as when it starts on a Saturday or Sunday or Monday. But what would you like from those 28 days? And how would you like the experience of time to feel? And how can you shape that? And how can you take this lesson of a lengthy January? There's not really a good alliteration of a J word there. I'd love to hear your proposal. And see the gift, right? Gather those insights. Notice the perspective you have gained because it has taken so long to finally arrive at its conclusion. And how are we going to step into this new season? And if you want to share with me the celebration of this being the launch of the new year of the new season, I invite you to do so. Perhaps we can allow for January to be the dress rehearsal and allow for all that learning, all that gained experience, all those practice days moving from 2021 to 2022 on the dateline to now bring you to the 1st of February, to the start of this new season, more prepared, with greater perspective, with appreciation, and rather than perhaps the exhaustion of an extended month, the experience and the confidence and the competence of knowing what to expect, trusting yourself to handle whatever emerges, and recognizing that sometimes there will be detours and the pace will change, but you are still covering the distance. You are still making that journey. You are still reaching your destination and you're doing so in the way that is best for you in that moment. And that is an amazing gift. And when you arrive, check in and see if you are doing so in a way that is truer to who and how you are, to that which you aspire to be and to do, and to honor that experience as tough as it might have been in the moment and see the strength you have gained as a result. I want to express my gratitude for this season, for the 63 episodes, for those 30 podcasts in a row each day sequentially, for all the guests who have joined me for conversations. And I am so looking forward to season four, even in its even numberedness and launching with a conversations episode on Tuesday on the 1st of February of continuing this beautiful music that was composed by a fellow 1st of February birthday celebrator. And for all of you for continuing to ask and answer that question of how do you see yourself for the health of all things? For me, this podcast is a key way. For me, the work that I'm doing is a key way. For me, the experience of parenting and reflecting on life are key ways. And I invite you to continue to share those. And I thank you for creating this space with me to make it possible. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.